Oh my goodness, everyone, we're back. It's time for my favorite part of the week and yours. It is another episode of The Score, Minnesota Opera's fabulous podcast all about opera. Opera. It has been a minute. <laughs> okay, it's been a while since we've done one of these. <laughs> but I like Africa. That's a, that's a beautiful name for a little girl. I was just gonna say, okay, girl, Africa. Africa. Meet my beautiful daughter, Africa. <laughs> so this is a podcast about my daughter, Africa, and classical music and pop culture, all seen through the eyes of three black queer um, classical music opera administrators. As always, I'm Rocky. I'm here with the fabulous Doctor Levinum. Hello, Doctor. I'm here to do surgery. Oh my goodness, there's a doctor at the house, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the artist formerly known as Paige Reynolds, the luminous, Gabo <laughs> Inawale, hello. Hello, hello, How howdy. <laughs> I'm great, good, I'm fabulous. Good. I mean, finally, we cannot complain about this weather. Finally. I'm so finally. excited. Yeah. See, this is this is why people live here, Lee. Yeah. I, <laughs> you know, last week I was in Virginia. I was visiting my family. And the first day I got there, it was 98 degrees oh, Fahrenheit. And they also had that little piece of real feel. So it was actually 104 Mm-mm. outside. Ooh. And and I had to say to Damien, maybe Minnesota weather is is not quite as complaint worthy as I've been allowing it to be because that was excruciating. No, it's so funny because like the spring, the summer starts here and people get real quiet. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I was in DC too a couple of weeks ago and like it got up to like 98 degrees Mm. while I was there and I got off the Amtrak train and it hit me in the face. And I was like, <laughs> I forgot about this. This is too much. Yeah. This and is that too area much has me. the nerve to be hot and humid. So right. Like 100% humidity and 100 degrees. Child, <gasps> mm-hmm. no. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. If there was any question about me moving back to the East Coast. <laughs> just, you don't like the swamp weather? I you love you, like DC. I love you. Beautiful time in you, but <laughs> but even when I was up in my mom's place in Jersey, like it wasn't nearly as humid. I don't know. I'm not a meteorologist, but mm-hmm. it's wild. But we have more important and interesting things to talk about than the weather. First and foremost, happy Pride, everyone! Yay! Woo-hoo! Woo-hoo! So exciting. My favorite time of year. I Is it really? Be, well, <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of up there. Hmm. I don't know. I like Pride. I like to yeah. be, like, you know, super gay. I like to make fun of all of the the <laughs> the rainbow fishing going on. My God, it's so obnoxious. Like... It is obnoxious, but also like, I, I feel like especially here because of the weather we were just discussing, June is like the first month where you know you have like real 
late spring, mm-hmm. early mm-hmm. summer. So mm-hmm. it feels like everything is happening at once, mm-hmm. like pride related or otherwise. So it is mm-hmm. like, I think, especially since living here, one of my favorite times of year, people are getting outside and yeah, things are in, you know, in the streets and whatnot, yeah. things in bloom. It's, it's pretty, it's cute. It's cute, it's cute, mm-hmm. yeah. Most definitely. But, you know, I do also like every year it's like you sign on to social media and you see like these like, you know, 24 year old marketing interns, like (laughs) what are they going to come up with this year? (laughs) So which makes you more in your feelings, the pride fishing or the Juneteenth fishing? The Juneteenth fishing by far. Mm -hmm. I mean, Maybe I because it's the, new. I think the Juneteenth, <laughs> I was going to say that mm-hmm. it's relatively new. So I think like that, that inspires anger still. Yeah. Whereas like yeah. the pride fishing is just like, you know, you sit there and it's like, you know, we respect the, the entire rainbow of humanity's diversity, just like the 11 herbs and spices. Okay. Okay, you guys. But <laughs> 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 last year, um, in June, um, we did a show um, where Iawo and I talked about pride and what it means to us and our favorite pride memories. And Lee, you weren't able to be with us. Um, <laughs> For that episode, I don't remember what you were off doing. I don't either. I was trying to remember that now. You were like, off doing oh, something. Was it when you did that panel for uh, Juneteenth or around Juneteenth? It, it Maybe. was, but I don't know if that's where I was. And you know? uh, spoiler alert, I don't that looks like a busy child. Yeah, right. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but spoiler alert, um, that Juneteenth panel, it looks like it's going to become an annual thing. So people yes. stay tuned um, for, for more information about that. Um, but since you weren't able to be with us and we are having a Pride-tastic day uh, today, we are going to be joined later by Jane Ramsire Miller and Kamani Khalil from One Voice Mix Chorus, which Ooh, is an awesome... Yay! LGBT chorus here in the Twin Cities. Um, In honor of this beautiful queer day we're having today, (laughs) (laughs) I thought I'd ask you, you know, what are your feelings about pride? What are some of your favorite pride memories? Anything come to mind as we begin this beautiful pride month? Yes, I, I guess since I probably have the most Pride memories since I am the you are eldest. like two years older than me. Yes, the <laughs> eldest. Um. <laughs> you are not some ancient <laughs> antediluvian spirit. Tell that to my knees. Um, um, all right, fair enough. <laughs> my favorite pride was my first one, and I'm going to say I was 19, and it was in DC. Um, and at the time, DC, and maybe it still does, I, I am out of the loop, see note at horrible uh, mid-Atlantic summers. Um, <laughs> there used to be multiple pride celebrations based on your demographic categories. So a group of friends of mine and I, we drove up from Richmond to DC for what was called Black Pride mm-hmm. at the time. And still a thing. 
Uh-huh. I'm so glad because it was <laughs> some of the most fun ever. We were in DuPont Circle primarily um, giving fake names to stupid boys <laughs> that we met. <laughs> and generally running around, taking a bunch of pictures. So this is like 1999. So these were like literally on disposable cameras. This is before you could do such things oh on your phone. Goodness. Yeah, I mean, right? I mean, this is why I feel antediluvian. Um, But we had a great time. And I am younger than this group of friends. So I was the only one who did not have an ID. And my fake little ID that was so useful for getting in places at Columbia did not work in the same way. So I actually just had to work my youthful looks which you know at the time yes (laughs) did you have like one of those like west village tattoo shop yes that is yes that is exactly (laughs) that said i believe i was from plam beach which is close to palm beach it's just a slightly different spelling um but outside of (laughs) it didn't work quite as well but we did you know we went around just the title of the episode Live from Plan Beach. Plan Beach Pride. (laughs) Plan Beach Pride. That's it. (laughs) Couldn't halfway remember the name that was on the fake ID, which was also not the fake name that I was giving that day. It was a whole lot of tomfoolery, but it was the best kind because it was the first time I remember just being out and about with the group of friends being as gay as we wanted to be, just running around, creating confusion, having a great time, somehow not getting cited for open carrying on the street, because I have a specific memory of walking down the street, sloshing a drink, just, but it was, first of all, it was a different millennium. So it was literally a different time and place, but it was also like one of the last memories I have of just full fun, with like no anything like really kind of pulling me back to reality, right? Because, you know, if you remember what happened the next year was was like 9-11, mm-hmm. which, you know, kind of ended a lot of the mm-hmm. fun for no reason <laughs> that we were having at the time. But um, yeah, I, I really loved that experience. And I've gone to plenty of pride parties and parades since then, including a really terrible one in Washington Heights a couple years ago that Damien and I went to. Why is it so terrible? Because people were singing arias. And I, yeah, look, I don't have anything against opera, but there is a time and place. (laughs) That was not it. It was not a fun party. (laughs) Is it like drag opera or was it giving costumes? Was it like... It was giving opera gays singing for each other. Like that was it. And I was was like, can y'all just keep something in my glass so that I can make it through this whole night and not embarrass me and my husband. I'm the queen of of the night. Somebody (laughs) did that aria, which caused a neighbor to come knocking because I'm like, nobody's trying to hear you squeak out those high notes right now. So yeah. That is a crime. It it was, and it also ended our relationship with that particular couple. I was like, I'm not hanging out with them again. That we are good. I would do the same thing. Yes, yeah. you would have. Yeah, at the very least, question the friendship at the very least. Yeah. 
that sounds so fun. Do you have any big pride plans this year? Um, yes, to sit in the air conditioning <laughs> and catch up on Legendary and RuPaul All-Star 7, which I just started, absolutely obsessed. I but I have so much TV to catch up on because I was scrambling to finish a bunch of mm. things towards the end of the month. So yeah, I'm going to have a gay old time indoors with the privacy of my own Malbec. All right. All right. Well, yeah. but maybe we'll drag you out for the parade. At yeah. least. Yeah. Yeah. Right. As long as it doesn't conflict with Legendary Season 3 starring Kiki Palmer. <laughs> <laughs> I can't watch it alone. <laughs> I get it. Priorities. Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Iyawo? Do you have any any big plans this year? Any thoughts about Pride in general this year? My plans are about in alignment with Lee's. I will probably... <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, we're old. Not gonna lie. Well, isn't that bad? It's, it's that like during my like year in white, I, I don't do crowds like that. I don't do crowds mm -hmm. like that. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. As much as I enjoyed even seeing Carmen, mm -hmm. just being around that many people was like, whoo, afterwards yeah. I was like, I need to go lay down. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so maybe, you know, maybe I'll ride my bike over to the parade. Uh, and so then I can easily dip out whenever I'm, I'm ready or, um, but uh, I have, you know, some good old queer TV to watch. Yes, I do. Um, I've been watching Gentleman Jack on HBO. Oh, that's a good one. So if I don't, have you been, have you seen it? Have you yes. Seen it? Oh what my is gosh. It? Is it fiction? It is based on a true story, actually. Oh, okay. Yes. Oh, it's <laughs> like fiction. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of drama is giving fiction. So it's not like you're going to be bored. It's not okay. like a documentary. But she was a woman who, like, owned land and stuff. And, you know, some people would mistake her for a man or say she act like a man. And she was kind of half openly half not a lesbian um would have like you know women close companions and stuff like that uh also you know in investing in like coal and stuff like that like and fully her audacity is what makes the show very <laughs> amusing. The gay audacity is just uh, <laughs> amazing. I love gay audacity. She's just like, she basically walks around like, what? I'm an honest woman. I take care of my business. You see me taking care of my business. So what does it matter? What's going on in my bed? I'm a respectable woman, no matter what y'all say. It's basically her thing. And okay. I, I love it. So it's a good um, show. I'll be watching that if I don't finish it like this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm down for that. I think probably most of my plans are in line with y'all's. Um, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Um, but we do have a couple of couples that we sort of have a little standing tradition that we all go to the parade and then walk around Loring Park and, you know, go to all the booths and whatnot and, you know, um, 
might have a cocktail or two. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like plans are coalescing for that to maybe happen again, um, which is cool, which is exciting. I'm not super excited about the crowds either. Mm-hmm. All this COVID child, I'm not here for that. But, you know, if there's a way that we can do it safe and stay masked and all of that, um, you know, hopefully... Because, you know, I just want to go out and I want to see my peoples. (laughs) It's always so nice. It's always a nice excuse to put on some hoochie daddy shorts. (laughs) 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 Run into people or it's like, oh, should I be wearing hoochie daddy shorts in front of me? Hi, how's it going? (laughs) (laughs) Well, just don't touch anybody because I've heard that's how monkeypox gets spread. Oh no! I would. I will oh. only be touching my husband. Good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Don't touch me. Excuse me. <laughs> my arms locked up like this. Don't yeah, that's me. that's not that's not. Is it is it spread through touch? I thought it was an STI. Oh 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 oh. Oh. That's what I thought. I, I mean, look, I didn't survive two years of COVID to catch monkeypox. No, so I heard about it child. and then was just like, I'm shifting what I'm doing. In the life. name alone the is name just alone. No, absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, how do you even say to somebody, "Yeah, girl, I got monkeypox. I can't go out." Like it just—it's not even like. Like I don't want to sound ableist, <laughs> but that. Yeah, that's a diagnosis that I, I don't know how I would, how I would tell people. I I don't but, know either. Yeah. I wouldn't know where to begin. Me either. Me either. I don't oh. know. Yeah. I haven't even had the nerve to like even look up a whole lot of details about it. No, I like, saw another thing. I don't. <laughs> I saw one picture by accident, and I was like, no, that's it. And I'm just like the kind of person that like, you know, when I'm watching my trash, like 90 Day Fiance, and <laughs> a commercial for Dr. Pimple Popper comes on, I have to avert my eyes. I can't. I can't do it. Yeah. Medical yeah. photography is not for me. No. In any way, shape, or form. <laughs> oh, you don't do none of that, huh? None of that. <laughs> That's another big reason why I don't like horror movies. I don't like horror in any, same, any, any shape or fashion. No, thank you. The the 2020s have been trash Trash. so far. Garbage. Complete, complete. I want to hit reset (laughs) so bad and just be like, let's just start at 2030 and see if we can do that right. Or let's just go back to 1999. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it was Prince's birthday, wasn't it? Just hit. Yes, it was. It was. It was. was Purple day, indeed. Well, I guess since this is coming out on Monday, like five days ago, yeah, Prince's birthday. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes, have y'all ever seen the big mural? They not in person. Me neither. I heard it's beautiful. It Mm -hmm. seems very, very big. You you got to see it, Lee, Mm -hmm. in person. Oh. Happy birthday, Prince. Yes, happy birthday, birthday, Prince. (laughs) But enough about this monkeypox business. (laughs) (laughs) Happy birthday, Prince. I don't want to think about that anymore. So we were thinking what would be fun would be to do another quick fishbowl segment so you all can get to know us a little bit better. And this time it's going to be pride themed. So we've got a bunch of pride questions in the bowl. And so I'm going to pull one out. (laughs) Fun. (laughs) All righty. So 
Lee and Iyawo and me. Mm-hmm. How did you meet your partner? Tell us about your meet cute. Oh, oh, because we were all part, Aww. we're all booed up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> How'd y'all meet? How'd you and, and Damien meet? Uh, we met on match.com. Oh. Um, we let an algorithm do the work and it, you know, put us together. Apparently, I was the first person that he met on match. I had already been on before and was meeting some very interesting young men. I will put it like that. Did you and meet the Patty LaBelle guy on match? Thank God, no. I think if oh. I had, I probably just would have deleted the app. <laughs> <and kept laughs> <it moving. laughs> but no, we met and we chatted for a couple of months because he was on tour at the time. And I actually think that that ended up being like the really good piece of it because it meant that we couldn't move too quickly. And apparently that has been an issue for me in the past. So this kept us from going too quickly. And then um, it just sort of worked out that he was going to be on tour in uh, LA and then San Diego. At the same time, I was going to San Diego to visit my dear, dear friend, uh, Miranda, who is coming to visit me here in Minneapolis, my first ever visitor now that I'm living in Minneapolis. But that is a tangent on a tangent. So back to the actual story. (laughs) No, but it's serendipitous. (laughs) It's very serendipitous. It is. Um, So yeah, I went out there to California and we went on um, like multiple dates, like each day and went to dinner one day, went to Disneyland one day, then like hung out in San Diego one day we rode a like a random rickshaw that someone was just like driving down the streets of (laughs) San Diego and I should have known at that point I was like this is going to be an interesting relationship um but the rest is history he came back off tour and then we ended up you know doing regular couple things and quickly moved in together and then quickly moved to China and you know, that, that was like our first year together. <laughs> first <laughs> vacation, we're moving to China. <laughs> and, and I guess I have to take back that part about saying, so we wouldn't move too quickly as it's just coming out of my mouth. Yeah, then we just moved to China because it made sense. China, so. yeah. <laughs> After a couple of months, it just made sense. <laughs> Aww. Aww. I love love. Yeah. <laughs> Am I next? Yeah, go next. (laughs) Um, So me and my partner, Kel, we met um, Kalechi. Let me say his full name, Kalechi. We met in D.C. Yes, he's not Nigerian. It's an Igbo name. Shout out to Igbos. Um, Yeah, he he, uh, is from D.C., like born and raised there. And so we met while I was in college at Howard. It was my senior year. And um, me and my two um 
apartment mates slash very close friends had like this favorite club that we would go to on U Street called Velvet Lounge. Okay, yeah. Close now. I've been there many a time. (laughs) Velvet Lounge was our spot because it wouldn't be like, sometimes it would be too crowded and sometimes it wouldn't, but it wasn't one of the bigger clubs and it didn't just play like the top 40 pop and stuff. Like it was more R&B and hip hop. How did I never see you there? Sometimes it would be like, I don't, maybe because of, I don't know how old I was. Because I was at Velvet Lounge all the time. Like all the time. 2016? No. (laughs) (laughs) In 2006. Okay. Never mind. (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) It's all good. I'm glad it was still there for you too. (laughs) She's like, when I was in fourth grade, uh, no. Part of part of my thirtieth birthday. Um, part of but... my thirtieth birthday was at Velvet Lounge in 2011. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I'm just gonna shut my mouth. You keep telling your story. <laughs> okay, around 2016 uh, <laughs> at Velvet Lounge. May she rest in peace. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I was there. I was there with a friend and she had met some friends who were like local to DC, but didn't go to Howard and they had seen each other in the club and started talking and stuff. And uh, this friend, he had another friend with him, my partner, Kalechi. So, you know, we're talking like a little bit, but I, I wanted to dance. I was there to dance. Um, also, I was actually, I remember I was not having a good night. I remember this distinctly because there was there was someone else I had there that I had a situation ship with and it was just, I didn't want to see him at the time and I was I was in my feelings I was in my feelings so it's <laughs> luckily fatefully Kalechi was there to dance with and uh being able to dance having rhythm um you know not just it's one thing to just like stand there and let someone grind on you or just like do a two-step it's like another thing to actually have rhythm and so I was like okay I like you like we can groove okay and you know it was a thing where we were all there maybe until the club was like closing or something or about to close (laughs) because that's where we would stay at Velvet Lounge often it would be like okay all the other places like for the night kind of sucked we will just go to velvet lounge all reliable right and they his friends ended up giving me a ride home it was he had some interesting friends at the time some of them <laughs> a, little, a little reckless one of them uh got in a fight while he was supposed to be getting us home he got out his car and went to punch another driver what? so we were pulled over in a parking lot because his friends had to talk to the cops for a minute um and oh his other goodness. friends were trying to calm him down and Kalechi, he just stayed in the car where we were because he was like i'm not even i, I don't even want to be part of that i'm gonna <laughs> let them handle it <laughs> so you know we got to talk a little more <laughs> <that moment. laughs> waiting in the parking lot on u street um yeah (laughs) and he asked for my number and it turned out we were both we worked really close by each other I was an intern um at the Smithsonian American Indian Museum at the time and he was just like a couple blocks down at the uh Air and Space Museum so we met up for lunch Hmm. and you know we already knew we had these mutual friends and you know 
hang out a few times. He also was friends with like someone I knew from Howard. And so, yeah, we just, we hit things off. And I actually had another boyfriend. I had a boyfriend at the time. And, um, <laughs> but you know, then when we broke up <laughs> a few months later. <laughs> player, player. <laughs> you know, you know, well. You just crashed a lot. Life. I just, you know, I just crashed a lot. That's all. It was my senior year at Howard. What's a girl supposed to do? True. In D.C. Yes. I'm just saying. Um. <laughs> Enjoy your life. <laughs> yeah. The, the, rest is, the rest has been history. But I will say, even, even though uh, uh, I am in a relationship with, with you know people would uh, might as- look at us and sometimes assume it's a hetero relationship not everyone knows that i'm queer um or you know that i'm gender gender fluid um and kel like certainly more uh, uh more is in alignment with heterosexuality <laughs> one of the things that <laughs> i knew uh you know from very early on there's like oh this is a big big green flag is that he always had lots of queer friends Mm. and like and like it was nothing like whether it was like black gay men or like one of his best friends like for a while she's lesbian um and just like having those and like long-term relationships I was like okay this says a lot about about your character Mm -hmm. um and sure enough like that's he's uh I think a really good example of an ally and has always made me feel safe and loved in my identity. So, Aww. you know, Aww. that's our that's our little story. You mm-hmm. young whippersnappers, you have such <laughs> open minds and hearts. <laughs> the young people are so much more accepting. <laughs> oh. Well, I guess it's my turn. Um, so, I mean, you can take a look at my astrological chart, Sagittarius Sun, <laughs> Gemini Rising, Sagittarius Mercury, my, my, the chaotic parts of my personality on Front Street. So I think this is, <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is one of those stories. Um, yeah, so my husband, Dennis, and I, we've been together, it'll actually be 10 years in July, Ooh. which I can't even fathom is so wild to me um but yeah we actually were I was living in DC at the time and I was working for an interior design studio and we went to Atlanta um for a gift show and at the time Dennis was working for a different company here in Minneapolis than he works for now um and he was there for the same gift show and so I remember being a kid and thinking that like you know the most adult thing that adults do is like go and pick up the dry cleaning and then like later it was like go and pick up the dry cleaning and like hook up with somebody on a work trip so basically the long the short version is me and my co-worker who actually I have known since I was six years old we have been friends for like three decades we were there at the show together and our boss like went to bed she was was like six o'clock she was like I'm tired I've been walking around all day I'm going to bed so 
um, my friend and I were like, all right, well, let's go to the hotel bar. Let's get a drink. And so we go into the bar. There's like a thousand people in this bar because everyone's there for this <laughs> conference. And we're like, oh, Lord, this is too much. But then I see I spot all the way on the other side of the bar. There's a booth that's open. So I'm like, oh, my God, girl, run. Let's go get that booth. And so we run over and we sit in the booth and we were like, OK, well, let's not be a-holes since it's so crowded in here. We'll just sit on one side of the booth because it's just the two of us. And, you know, if somebody else wants to come and sit down, you know, whatever. So I'm getting up to go get the first round of drinks and I hear someone behind me go, oh, are, are these seats taken? And I'm just like, oh no, go ahead. What do you want again? Oh, Jack and Diet Coke. Okay, I'll be right back. And so I go, it's so crowded in this bar. It takes me a half an hour to get these drinks, literally a half an hour <laughs> to get two drinks. <laughs> I come back, she's made best friends with these random strangers sitting across <laughs> from us. Like, oh, ha, 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 ha. oh, this is my friend Rocky that I was telling you about. And then I sit down and I'm sitting across from this man with very, very pretty eyes, very pretty in general. Um, and he's just giving me like that Scorpio stare, just like <laughs> staring like into my soul. And I was just like, oh, hello, sir. <laughs> How are you? And, you know, usually I'm a little bit introverted, like when meeting strangers, but for some reason, like, I was cracking jokes. I was like, <laughs> life of the party. And finally, they were like, it was, it was Dennis and like, um, one of his co-workers and then another friend of theirs and um, they were like well we have dinner reservations like so we have to go it was so nice to meet you and I was like you know oh, like absolutely like you know talk to you later you know expecting to never ever see these people ever again um, and this is where if Dennis was here he'd take over the story and he says that he was like going down the escalator about to like get in a taxi or an Uber or whatever and go to dinner. And there was this voice in his head saying, go back, go back, go back. <laughs> and he was just like, hold on guys, I gotta go see about a guy. <laughs> and, me, and meanwhile me and my friend are still sitting at the booth and she starts hitting me and she's like he likes you and I'm like God, oh, no, oh, my God. and then like just like the salt and pepper song she was like oh my god he's coming this way <laughs> and he comes over and he was so cute and he was really nervous and he asked me for my number and so I gave it to him and then um, after he got back from dinner, he, you know, called me, we went back to the bar and we had a drink. And then one thing led to another is, <laughs> tends to happen. With <laughs> 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 and, but we had like this really great time. We were laughing and we were connecting and we were really like talking and getting to know each other. And it was like this really like beautiful, lovely moment. And so then we were going to sleep and then the lawnmower started and it was like three o'clock in the morning and I snapped back to reality like, oh no, I have to get up at six o'clock in the morning and work. And I, this, no, we can't, <laughs> <laughs> we can't do that <laughs> at all. So I left him a little note and I left it next to his pillow. And then the next day, like, I was like thinking like, I would get like a nice little text from him or something or like, you know, cause like 
it seemed like, you know, we had connected in a way. And th- this was at a point where like, I like had had an unfortunate hookup um, a few months prior. And I was like, I am swearing off men. I am not dating. <laughs> I'm going to focus on me and my happiness and getting myself together. I have no time for dating. I have no time for boy. And now like I met this guy that I like and he didn't text me all day. He didn't call me all day. And then I was just like, oh my God, I am a slut from the 90s. <laughs> I cannot believe I did that. I totally broke my promise to myself. And my friend, the same friend was like, girl, you need to calm down and come have a drink with me at the bar. And so I was like, no, I'm going to go upstairs and eat cheeseburgers and pull the covers over my head because I'm a dirty slut. <laughs> and she was like, no, you're being stupid. And so then we're sitting there, we're having a drink and he just happened to come into the bar. And he comes up behind me and I give him a look and I was just like, you didn't get my note, did you? And he was like, no, what note? And then he sat down next to me and the rest is kind of history. (laughs) 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 I left the next day to come back to DC. He went back to Minnesota and we just started texting. And then a couple of weeks later, I came out to Minnesota to visit him and I ended up staying a week. And we were a long distance for two years until we finally were just like, this is stupid. And <laughs> out here to Minnesota to be with him. And eight years later, here we are. <laughs> so that's Aww. our story. That's very sweet. That's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like him. I guess we'll keep him. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite stories are the stories that have like, you know, just that moment of fate. Just like if you had made this one little decision the other way, like you're right. Like if you had just like decided like not to come to the bar that night, we probably never would have reconnected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or didn't listen to that voice that was like, go mm-hmm. back, go back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Aww. But the Aww. cute thing is, is that the housekeeper found the note. Apparently it was it, it had fallen under the bed and she like put it next to his like stuff. So we saw Aww. it. There. <laughs> <laughs> <It's so sweet. laughs> Oh, that makes my heart all warm. (laughs) (laughs) I love hearing those stories. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll take a little break and we'll come back with our friends from One Voice Mix Course and we will continue this summer of queer love when when we get back. We'll see you after the break. Right, and we are back, everybody, and it is time for the next part of our fabulous Pride Extravaganza episode. We're so happy to have our next guests here. Um, we have two wonderful people from One Voice Mixed Chorus with us. Um, we have Kimani Khalil. Uh, she is a Twin Cities-based generative performing artist, storyteller, singer, dancer, and musician. Uh, she has spent over a decade honing her skills as a generative artist through her work with regional Twin Cities theaters, as well as public schools and programs for young artists as a director, music director, composer, and choreographer. 
They've worked with youth artists throughout the Twin Cities and greater Minnesota teaching residencies and leading workshops in music and theater creation. Her most recent work as an artist and contributor has a uh, she's appeared with uh, Wayward Theater's mixtape, Behind the Mask, storytelling series, Remembering Singing Water with One Voice Mixed Chorus, The Establishment of Genderqueer Sound Culture, an essay appearing in the American Composers Forum, and Interact Center for the Visual and Performing Arts, Hear Them Now, a movement piece exploring the intersectionality of queer identities within the disability community. Kimani is a recipient of the 2020 Artist Initiative Grant from the Minnesota State Arts Board and is currently developing the one-woman show, Peaches and Pickles, Perspective is Suspect, <laughs> which explores the intersections of race, gender, sexuality, and racial profiling. Kimani believes all areas of the performing arts are essential to building community, not only in education or as entertainment, but is important because of its power to engage audiences in social discourse and elevate new and uncommon narratives that can be informative, cathartic, and community building. Currently, she is the community engagement coordinator at One Voice Mixed Chorus, but that's not all. We also have <laughs> the incredible uh, Jane Ramsire Miller, who is in her 27th year child as artistic <laughs> director. 27 <laughs> As artistic director of One Voice Mixed Chorus, uh, Minnesota's GLBTA Chorus, and also serves as artistic director for Gala Choruses, a national association of 200 LGBTQ plus choruses. With Gala Choruses, she has been instrumental in cultivating Gala's new harmony resources, addressing equity, access, and belonging. Uh, she holds a master's of music in choral conducting from the University of Minnesota and a BA in psychology from the University of Waterloo in Ontario, Canada. Uh, she served as musical director for several church choirs, as well as for Trans Voices, Calliope Women's Chorus, Fiera Voce Femina, and Voices for Peace, a multicultural youth choir. She especially enjoys creative community collaborations and has created choral music with the Women's Cancer Resource Center, Shakopee Women's Correctional Facility, In the Heart of the Beast Puppet and Mask Theater, Kairos Dance Theater, Mudaiko, and Teens Rock the Mic. Her choral highlights include over 25 new commissioned works, including Bayard Rustin, The Man Behind the Dream, which I'm sure we will, we will be talking about uh, during this conversation, and One Voice's 2020 Remembering Singing Water film. Welcome to the show, Jane and Kamani. We're so excited to have you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having us. <laughs> so Jane, I just want to start off um, full disclosure for the audience, um, way back when, when I first moved to Minnesota and I wanted to get back into the arts and having arts as part of my daily practice, um, a, a group called One Voice Mixed Chorus took a chance <laughs> on, 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 a, on a, a young man named Rocky Jones and I was the operations and communications manager there for a couple of years and so it's so good to see you again and reunite um, and so I just thought it would be so exciting to have you all 
on because you have such a fabulous concert coming up and such great work that you do in the community um, just in general. And so I want to get the word out there as much as possible about One Voice Mixed Chorus. So Jane, can you tell us a little bit about One Voice Mixed Chorus and, yeah. and its mission and all that good stuff? Yeah, thank you, Rocky. Uh, it's, it's really an honor to be a part of this conversation. So One Voice celebrates our 35th anniversary next year. So been around a while, yeah. And really the chorus started as an outgrowth of the AIDS epidemic. So at the time in the late 80s, there was not a lot of connection between the men's community and the women's queer community. And uh, the founder, Paul Petrella, decided he wanted to start a course that really brought these communities together, especially as people were caring for, for folks who were dying of AIDS. And that's where it started. Uh, in the beginning, it was, uh, at least on the surface, gay men and lesbians. And then all of a sudden, a few straight people started to join us. And then it was clear that we also had transgender and non-binary people who were uh, a part of this community. and. Um, they were, of course, part of our community earlier, but became more visible and more a part of our identity. So we've been around for 35 years and most consistently perform at the Ordway, but we do the same number of concerts uh, in, out in the community as we do in sort of ticketed performance halls. So that, that's a piece of who we are, too, uh, really connecting out in the community when there isn't a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. And, and Kimani, how did you get involved with Chorus? Because I know that before you were the, um, you know, Civic Engagement Coordinator, you um, were a singer, correct? I was first introduced to Chorus in, uh, in the 90s, uh, when I was 19 years old. And I believe it was like maybe the third or fourth year of the Chorus. And uh, I had never had any other exposure or connection to the LGBTQ community other than I had um, just started working with um, the newly formed at the time uh, District 202, which was one of the first, you know, youth centers for LGBTQ youth in the nation. And so um, that's kind of how I first heard about One Voice. I think the magazine back then was called Lavender. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I... I think I might have been sitting in Cafe Weird, which is now like, <laughs> tell you how old I am. Um, back way back when, you know, the professional world kind of removed me from One Voice, but I was reintroduced in 2017. And I believe that was for an alumni uh, concert. So uh, I got to reconnect with some of the folks that I had been with the course, you know, 20 years prior and uh, then came back again for the Transgender Fe Voices Festival and then uh, played keyboard on the Bayard Rustin piece and worked with Steve Malloy there. And, and yeah, and um, just kept reconnecting with Jane and, and then Jane said, hey, do you wanna come and work with One Voice? <laughs> and I said, yeah, okay. What do you want me to do? Serendipitous. Yeah. <laughs> Well, one of the things that I love so much about One Voice is, is your mission, um, you know, um, raising, um, creating social change by, um, ah, I just had a brain fart. <laughs> by Start, raising, it starts with building community. Building community, building community and creating change by uh, coming together raising in song. Voices and song. Raising in voices in song, raising our voices in song. <laughs> 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 um, 
But I, I love that mission so much. And so I'm just, you know, curious, you know, throughout the years, you know, how has that mission sort of evolved and changed and, and how, um, you know, what is sort of the experience um, that you um, have found, like with the singers and out in the community, like some of the changes that you've seen by raising your voices together and so on? Kimani, you were you were part of the course before I was. Do you want to start talk about the early years? Um, yeah, there was only the L and the G yeah. um, back then, and that's how it was for many many years. And that was really revolutionary. That you know the gays and the lesbians are singing together. Um, <laughs> so now we've got you know the the B and the Q and the T and um, and all the extras, even the allies, um, which is you know, I think really unique for any course, you know, oftentimes straight spaces or heterosexual spaces do not uh, have an interest in centering uh, the voices or issues and experiences mm -hmm. of LGBTQ plus people. And so that there is a dedicated group of folks who not only um, are interested in centering their voices, but raising it with them, I think is pretty lovely and wonderful. That's um, had quite an impact. And I think also just the growth of the chorus when I was in it, there were 32 or 33 of us. And now it's gone uh, to, to be as many as 125. So um, I, yeah, I think the impact has been very amazing. Which I mean, makes y'all the biggest in North America. Is that correct? <laughs> well, size doesn't matter really. Oh, okay. I don't know about that. <laughs> Maybe to y'all. We're, we're definitely one of the biggest, but I think uh, for sure, I mean, within the movement, we, we've been a leader in terms of commissioning and, and the kinds of work that we do in the community. You know, when I when I was thinking about your question about what have we done over the years, I think it's been 25 years ago that um, I put our mission statement in front of the chorus and at a retreat. And I said, okay, if we're gonna fulfill our mission of creating social change, what does it look like? And people were in small groups all over the room. And 10 of those groups came back and said, we need to sing in schools. Mm -hmm. And oh my gosh, that was so controversial and scary 25 years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, and we did it. And we've been singing uh, in, in school and youth settings ever since. And it's been really remarkable to, to watch what's happened in schools and with GSAs and um, especially uh, in greater Minnesota. I, I'm remembering a school we sang out there where um, parents kept their kids home from school that day because they wow. didn't want the queers uh, infecting them. <laughs> wow. um, yeah, it's it's very different now, uh, especially in the metro area. But even uh, even today in greater Minnesota, just three years ago, we were supposed to, we were on our way to Ely for a concert and we had a school we were singing at in Mountain Iron and a week before we arrived, the principal canceled that concert. Uh, because of parents, the parents were complaining. So, you, you know, it's real. Uh, Jane, I'm glad that you brought up this question about schools because this is something that's just so present on my mind, given all these conversations lately around grooming. And those of you who are listening can't see me using the scare quotes, which I feel like are really necessary right now. And I was thinking about that because part of what we've been doing at Minnesota Opera has been 
with their education programs, really trying to wrest them from these really challenging gendered histories that I think just at this point are just impeding kids who just want to sing from feeling like they have that space. And, and part of how I have thought that we could move through that was through the commissioning of new works that are not so much focused on, you know, your voice is a coloratura, which means that you have to be this kind of a of a woman character in something. And the fact that y'all have this piece about Bayard Rustin is so fascinating and exciting to me. And I would love to hear a little bit about that. And I will say for our listeners, if the name is unfamiliar to you, he was a civil rights and gay rights leader and activist who worked with Ella Baker, Martin Luther King, A. Philip Randolph. Um, he died probably about a year before One Voice was founded. And this would have been like the height of the AIDS epidemic. And I just would love to hear any reflections you can have about the piece, why you thought to have it commissioned and maybe what its significance is in this particular political climate. So I learned about Bayard Rustin, I don't know, 20 years ago. And I grew up as a Mennonite and uh, as a queer person. And I couldn't believe I'd never heard of this queer Quaker African-American badass. <laughs> and it kind of blew my mind. And so I read a lot about him. And then in, I don't know, 20, oh, yeah, 2016, that year, I was having lunch Woo! with, uh, yeah, a friend of mine in, in Cincinnati, who was a composer, gay black man. And he said, Have you ever heard of Bayard Rustin? And I was like, Yeah. And uh, he said, I want to write a piece about blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Okay, we will commission it, we will perform it. And we worked for several years to create to do the research and create the libretto and it's one of the most amazing things i've done in my life honestly um i can getting, i can just wow. say it is a beautiful piece yeah rocky it was is, there yeah. it is beautiful absolutely stunning yeah. but sorry keep going <laughs> <laughs> well, i mean the reason it was so important to me to do this was that bayard was this incredible renaissance man and activist and nobody knows who he is and um and more and more this this piece has now been done by i think close to 10 choirs around the the country and uh, it was streamed by gala choruses the lgbt network of choruses and so hundreds more saw it there um so i'm just thrilled uh, about uh, the kind of exposure that's had. And Kamani, that was a part of that too. Do you want to talk about your experience at all? Um, if you yet don't know who Bayard Rustin is, Google, make Google your friend. There is <laughs> way more um, information about him now than there was 20 years ago when I first learned about him. And so, yeah, and, and, and I, I think it's amazing to be able to uh, uplift these stories and these voices of these people who have had a really profound impact on our culture and on our communities. Mm -hmm. Speaking of uh, commissions and people with profound impact, uh, a little birdie uh, in an email <laughs> said that there's another commission around the corner about one of my personal faves, uh, non-binary icon, ancestor, Polly Murray. Can you uh, tell us about that? I am, I am thrilled, whatever it is. I can't wait to hear more. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What birdie told you that? <laughs> Did I tell Rocky? I forgot. Okay. So another person I had never heard of and my wife 
um, I don't know, a year ago said, you got to hear this podcast. And it was about Polly Murray. I, I, you know, Paige, I'm going to have you describe who she is. Actually, just can you describe who she is? And then I'll talk about the commission. Sure, I'm happy to describe who she is. So Polly Murray, she, uh, well, I will use I will use she because that is often what was used in uh, in her lifetime, yep. and you know didn't get a chance to tell us otherwise um, what pronouns she would like to use. But uh, she was a lawyer, had a profound uh, impact on. Um, civil rights. She was an uh, activist in that way. Uh, I think we sometimes don't always, I think especially like the, the law part of the movement um, in both like racial justice and uh, LGBTQ rights. Like uh, I think a lot of those people go unsung in general. So that, I, that's definitely true for Polly Murray. So she was a phenomenal, phenomenal lawyer, um, especially getting to um, focus on gender justice and a, a theologian uh, as well, you know, even um, with her identities. And I think I've heard some amazing, heard or, or read some amazing sermons of her as about uh, like just the divinity of, of queerness or God, you know, not having a, a gender or being all genders. And I was like, oh, somebody was saying these things from a pulpit? Oh my God. <laughs> like, <laughs> This is what I needed to hear. Um, so she was a sp specifically um, Episcopalian um, in the Episcopal church. Um, so she was among like also the first, uh, among the first like black folks um, to be ordained and uh, like first women as well. Uh, so she had both of those things, both of those things happening um, and just left a tremendous impact. Yeah. Yeah. So I heard this podcast again, just like Byard, it blew me away. And then I read her biography and I just started doing about her book of poetry. Um, but I had a, a donor call one voice and ask if she could donate some money for a commission. And I was like, uh, yeah, I've got it. <laughs> um, and just this week, I finally managed to meet with the attorney who manages Polly Murray's uh, estate. And they are excited to work with us on this commission. And wow. um, they are connected with her niece uh, and they have photographs and uh, and we'll work with them to get permission to set some of her poetry uh, and tell the story of her life. I, I think like Bayard, the hardest part is gonna be how to figure out, she, she's so, her story is so rich, you know, how to figure mm -hmm. out what parts we don't include. Um, so. So some of the legislation that she and legal work that she did in terms of writing was influential at the Supreme Court level uh, for both um, laws about race equity and women's rights. Uh, incredible. Uh, and I said, I, I don't think I, because I don't think I mentioned it, I said non-binary icon because yeah. Pauli would say, you know, um, openly, you know, not really identifying as a woman and, you know, especially uh, as 
I think I was reading about family members of hers as she was younger, who was very like actually understanding of, of this, of just that, like, yeah, Polly is uh, kind of more prefers to, you know, be called a boy's name or, you know, be, be both. And uh, later on you see like her, preaching uh, about this as as well and you know very much marrying like her queerness you know being a reflection of of god being being all things or all genders which is yeah just really beautiful to see her her understanding and like yeah there are lots of challenges that came with it and <laughs> you know the barriers of being seen as a woman in the first place even if you don't identify as non-binary wanting to study certain places or whatever and being told oh women don't really do that and stuff like that but then also being like oh, I'm not quite a woman anyway so there's there's so many layers to her <laughs> to her story um yeah. I'm so excited yeah. Well, and when we were meeting with this attorney, she said, now, are you going to perform this in a church? And I was I was kind of taken aback because I didn't know if the right answer was yes or no. Uh, and so I, I said, well, this will be at the Ordway Concert Hall. But, um, you know, it's it's possible that we could also do it at church. And then I wasn't even thinking about Polly being ordained. Right. And she has this connection to the National Cathedral. And she's like, I think they would be interested in doing this. <laughs> so no idea if that would happen. But I, all of a sudden, I started imagining all these different um, religious groups that could take an, a commission like this and really send it across the country, across the world, actually. Yes. That's incredible. That's incredible. That would be so cool. The National Cathedral. And and just for the record, yes, I was the birdie. Um, but it wouldn't be <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time I've been called a bird. So um, <laughs> um but getting back to um sort of a previous topic, um, I know we wanted to talk a little bit more about just sort of some of the youth programs. Um, that you all have going on. And so, um, Kamani, I'd love um, if you'd like to talk about like some of the, the work you're doing out um, in the community with the youths in greater Minnesota and uh, the Remembering Festival and all that fun stuff. Yes. Okay. So uh, we're kind of evaluating the Out in Our Schools program right now. Um, but since then, I've made a proposal for uh, establishing a dedicated LGBTQI youth course that would uh, engage and learn in a space that is entirely uh, queer identified. All of its uh, wow. facilitators, uh, clinicians, volunteer staff, everyone would be members of the LGBTQ community. They would have an opportunity to connect with one another, uh, create relationships, and then they would also be participating in creating material that would be commissioned for uh, this course to perform. And that I just think is, um, that's exciting for me because our youth today have a vocabulary and a perspective to articulate in a way that we never have before. Mm -hmm. And, um, and they're really good at it. And I'm excited about the idea of really taking their words and their voices and really centering them in a place that gives them some power, um, and agency. I think that's really, um, it's, I'm very excited about it. So <laughs> that's that's my um, that's kind of our biggest kind of program that we're developing right now. Um, we're looking for uh, young people who identify in, in the community 
to participate on um, a planning team that will help uh, select repertoire as well as develop the repertoire that will be commissioned for the course. And then the course will also then meet and pre premiere sometime uh, in February, 2023. Lovely. Wow. Yeah, in addition to that, I'm hoping that, you know, we can also get a local chorus of, of our youth locally and uh, maybe even present at uh, Advocacy Day at the Capitol. Um, any way in which we can uh, safely make them more visible and more centered to speak for themselves. That's beautiful. Uh, that's a beautiful, so beautiful. thing. <laughs> that, that's incredible. I, I wish there were a time machine so that I could go back 25 years and be a part of that because it, it will change the course of kids' lives, I am convinced Absolutely. of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> that was one of the things I was thinking about as I was developing this program. All of those things that um, might have helped our lives be more whole at a time when we were taught that we either didn't exist or that our exist was only wrong or negative or abominable, rather than being told that we come in whole. Um, and part of that wholeness is developing the special and unique gifts about us and, uh, and really having that affirmed and uplifted. And, and I, I, yeah, I, I would love to see that change. It's already on its way. It's been here. And yeah, I want to just move it forward. So. Kimani, in case anybody's listening from greater Minnesota, can you talk about the Zoom piece and how people that aren't in the metro area could get involved? Absolutely. So go to the One Voice website and look under the community page. There will be information more about what this affinity course is and, um, and how you can uh, get involved and in, in, in learn more information. It's open to youth at any uh, level. I mean, preferably junior high, high school. For the first uh, rollout, it will be high school students primarily. But if uh, students want to be involved in the planning team, I think it's important to get their all of their voices. And so if you are at junior high uh, level to young adult level um, and are interested in participating in the planning team, then yes, go to the One Voice website. There will be a registration form that you can fill out there um, to get more information. And we will meet by Zoom for approximately uh, four to six times and uh, just do some writing exercises, share our stories and our experiences, talk about what the rhythm of equality looks like uh, <laughs> today and uh, yeah, and keep it moving forward. <laughs> and uh, if you are living in greater Minnesota, we're interested in what you have to say too. And, um, and I think that's a really powerful way also to establish some community across county borders, you know, that I hope will continue to go forward so that we can get beyond some state lines too. And, you know, there are, there are, uh, there are so many of us that are just waiting for some people that are like us to throw their hand up so we can kind of like figure out how to maneuver to get to places with one another where we can, you know, share those spaces and be there to uh, have that uplift and that support. That's super, super dope. And so just to make sure that we get that information out there, it's onevoicemn.org, correct? Correct. Oh, cool, cool. I think I've, I think I've been on that site once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> so super exciting. You all have a concert coming up on June 18th and 19th at the Ordway called Sound Mind. 
um, which I know you all are really excited about. We're really excited about it. So can you all tell us a little bit about Sound Mind, what the theme is, um, you know, any guest artists, maybe a little bit about the music, what people can expect when they, uh, when they come to see Sound Mind? Okay, so believe it or not, Sound Mind explores mental health and mental illness uh, with stories and original uh, visual art, and it was planned way before the pandemic. So it was supposed to premiere fall 2020, and um, it was just put on hold, but the timing just feels so uh, incredible now mm -hmm. to have this be a part of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So one of the really beautiful part, maybe I'll have Kimani talk about the music because Kimani, I love the way you described it in some writing you did. But um, when we began this, the rehearsal season, I invited singers to write their own mental health or mental, mental uh, illness stories and share them uh, each week at rehearsal. And they have just been poignant and beautiful and resilient. So we have now taken a number of those stories and filmed them and they will be projected uh, at the Ordway. And the, um, we have an incredible production manager who is actually, we're building these brand new screens that are gonna hang and it'll be, we'll um, project in the front, but also both sides of the Ordway. Um, some of the artwork that One Voicers have created and these stories as well. And Kimani, talk about the music. Um, there is uh, some of everything. There are some familiar tunes uh, like, you know, Make Your Own Kind of Music, Bridge Over Troubled Water, Rise Up, Andrew Day. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, and then there are some, uh, some songs that people have probably never heard, you know, really dealing with uh, all kinds of uh, experiences in the mental health journey. There's a piece that really talks about uh, bipolarism. And um, I mean, there are, there's music, there's a commissioned piece that honors uh, the lives of um, transgender women. Yes, there's a whole range of healing <laughs> in, in this concert. So people should definitely, uh, you'll, you'll wanna be here. The first time I, um, just sat and listened through the chorus run through the concert. It was so, it was emotional and, and cathartic. And to hear, yeah, the resilience in these stories and um, that, that we are more than just still here, but we are here and learning how, what does it look like for us to thrive rather than, you know, simply surviving and really how, you know, how to, uh, how do you support folks who uh, are struggling? We all, I mean, we all have some of our own struggles, but um, about the music, yes. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> get your healing, I love, I mean, it's, I think it's one of the most powerful things about music. Mm -hmm. um, and particularly music that is made from the voice, that just music activated by the voice activates a specific part of the brain that is not activated by anything else. So I think that um, sound mind uh, is really poignant as well. Yeah, I would love if you also talked a bit about the podcast that goes with sound mind and about the 
work you've been doing uh, with folks in in greater Minnesota specifically or all over Minnesota really to tell their to tell their stories and and, and just what that work looks like for you in general doing performances I know you do you tour out in greater Minnesota and talk about why that's important back when one voice started we used to do a fall retreat where we would go to a camp and all sleep well all stay overnight (laughs) sorry (laughs) and then one year we did a tour to I think it was western Minnesota and it was so incredibly powerful um, the queer folks who were out there, the allies who were there, the parents who drove like three hours in the dark to come see our concert. And it was this just an incredible experience. And so we started doing these annual fall uh, tours to greater Minnesota, particularly looking for places where LGBTQ people are just a little more isolated. And um, it's been a, a long history now, decades of, of touring in those communities. And I totally forgot your question, Paige. <laughs> oh, the podcast. the podcast. Oh, my God. Okay. So before the pandemic, we had a grant from the Minnesota State Arts Board to do a tour um, of this concert, of the Sound Mind concert. And we couldn't travel. And so uh, we called them up and we said, okay, what if we would do a podcast and connect in those same communities that we were going to tour? And... Um, I ended up interviewing queer artists in those rural parts of Minnesota uh, and just having conversations about their art and about their uh, queerness and about their mental health. And you can check those out on our website as well. And they were beautiful conversations. And I think hearing their stories are, again, so important for people who are, especially not in a metro area, to know that there are queer folks out there Mm -hmm. and um, are out and doing amazing things as artists. Yeah, because I can can speak from experience. You know, I went on one of the tours um, to Southeast uh, Minnesota. We hit up Rochester and Winona and Cannon Falls and a couple of other places. And then I, helped um, organize one of the, tr- the tours up in northern Minnesota. And I think we went to like Ely and Virginia and Mountain Iron and a couple of other places. And what was so striking to me, like I, I wasn't sure what we were going to get into, like we're going to all these places I've never heard of. And all these, <laughs> like I, I wasn't sure if it was going to be cool or what was going on. And people couldn't be more welcoming and more just lovely and so excited to have this group there, to have this outlet, to have, you know, this community and to feel like they weren't alone. And so many people like coming up to me and being like, thank you so much for being here. This is so exciting. Um, And it was just something for me, especially as a queer black man, sort of in a new community myself, um, it all just felt there was just so much love and so much healing taking place um, that it really, it it set me off, I know, on a, a new path and having a new relationship with myself and my community and my queerness and everything. And so I just think the work that you all do, I mean, you all know, I think you guys are great. So <laughs> you guys are awesome. <laughs> Well, everybody, Sound Mind is this June 18th and 19th at the Ordway. 
please go get your tickets. Visit onevoicemn.org for more information. There'll be a link down in the show notes. So check that out. And do you all have like social media channels you all want to maybe throw out there? Like so people can follow you and see what you're doing? Facebook. <laughs> uh, we're, yeah, uh, I'm, you know, the One Voice website. And you can always email community at onevoicemn.org uh, as well. Uh, if there's more that you want to learn about the course or you want to request a performance or, yeah, you want to be involved in the youth planning team. And um, there's a volunteer corps, right? The fifth section. Yes. <laughs> yes. If you want to volunteer, you can email volunteers at uh, onevoicemn.org as well. Yes. All right. And- so, oh, go for it, Jane. <laughs> you can get uh, you can get twenty five percent off your ticket price uh, oh. by using the code SING S I N G SING. Oh, okay, well there you go. Oh. <laughs> well, Jane Kamani, thank you so so much for being with us. Everybody, go see Sound Mind. It's going to be super dope. Everybody, go heal <laughs> this Pride season because Lord knows we all need it. All right, thank you so much. And Thank we're so you. looking Thank forward you. to seeing you again. Uh, happy Pride, everyone. Happy Pride. <laughs>are back we just want to thank jane and kamani for being with us once again everybody go see sound mind this weekend at the ordway it's going to be awesome and as usual we are going to close out our show with our favorite segment ready page ready and a one and a two and a one two three four it's peanut butter uh, jelly uh, time, uh, peanut butter uh, jelly uh, time, uh, peanut butter uh, jelly uh, time, uh, peanut butter uh, jelly, uh, peanut butter uh, jelly, uh, peanut butter uh, jelly, uh, uh, jelly uh, with uh, a baseball uh, bat. Uh, it's uh, peanut butter uh, jelly, uh, peanut uh, butter uh, jelly. Uh, <laughs> uh, my favorite song. <laughs> Except for maybe my PBJ. Um, but this is Good Life Joy, where we highlight all of the beautiful Black things that are making us happy this week. Uh, Lee, do you want to go first? I will, because this is so anticlimactic, but it does actually connect to something we were talking about a couple of months ago. So um, everybody in America, except for Rocky, is obsessed with Abbott Elementary. Mm, and true. <laughs> true, true. and there's a character on Abbott Elementary, which is just so everybody knows if you if you're not watching it, first of all, shame on you. But secondly, it's set in Philadelphia. It's about a group of young teachers teaching at a predominantly black elementary school. And one of the teachers uh, played by Tyler James Williams of Everybody Hates Chris fame. Uh, he plays a teacher called Gregory a young, tall, lanky black man teaching these kids almost against his will. Um, And I find the character so funny because he reminds me so much of my brother-in-law who is a tall, lanky black man who teaches kids. I, I know that he enjoys it, but like his general disposition is one of, if you didn't know he liked kids, I promise you would have no clue that he likes kids. So, 
Uh, he's also from Philadelphia. So I saw him last weekend and we were chatting and I was telling him about the show because I thought he would really get a kick out of watching it. He, he seemed like he had never heard of it, but I started describing the cast to him and I mentioned Quinta Brunson, who is the star of the show, who also created and writes the show. And he's like, wait a minute, Quinta Brunson, Quinta Brunson. Why do I know that name? He was like, oh yeah, we went to high school together. Oh. Just so casually, I was like, oh, then you should really watch the show with your lawyer, just in case you recognize any characters on it. You should catch um, up. Yeah. <laughs> he really, really does. And just see what he looks like played out on the show. And so the, the sidebar of it is that there is a character they introduce like on the last episode or two who is the daughter of Cheryl Lee Ralph's character. And I'd already said Cheryl Lee Ralph is clearly playing my mother. And the girl who plays her daughter looks so much like my sisters that it's almost like Paul's worthy. So I really do think we huh. may have a lawsuit on our hands, just in case. So if I come back two weeks, a very wealthy man, you all will know why. So this is um, a pre-PB&J to the millions that my family is going to make when we take ABC to court. Fabulous. Well, watch out, Quinta. <laughs> and congrats on being newly rich. <laughs> Pride drinks on me. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that, that money might go pretty quick then. <laughs> you got a lot. <laughs> Um, well, my VBJ, I'm so excited about. Y'all, we have a new Pride anthem. It's been stuck in my head for like a week now. And I don't know if you all are, are you familiar with Angel Maxine? She is ah. a, a Ghanaian, a trans woman. She's an activist, <gasps> an artist. I saw this! It's everything. It's everything. It is everything. And like she last year, she put out this song. It's called Wofie, um, and that is, I believe, it's the dialect is Twi from the the Asante people, and it means uh, mind your business. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Period. Point blank. <laughs> and it is just demolishes all of, you know right now as in so many countries, including the US, um, LGBTQ rights are under attack in a major and violent way. Mm -hmm. And she wrote a song about how homophobia does not make any sense on any <laughs> level. <laughs> that, you know, it is a, it's something that was brought over from the colonizers. Uh, it is not a part of Ghanaian culture and um, queer people exist and you all just maybe just need to think about it and get over it. Um, so if you have not heard the song though, it is a bop and a half. <laughs> <laughs> and it went viral on Twitter and TikTok um, maybe about a week, week and a half ago. And it was part of like this like pride fishing meme like like brands on June 1st are like this or whatever. And I was just like, oh, I'm not sure if this is a joke or not. And then I saw the whole thing and I was like, not only is this not a joke, it is my new life. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I will share my screen 
and we can get a little taste of it. It's nice to be nice. Your driver could be LGBTQ. Your tailor could be LGBTQ. Hairdresser could be LGBTQ. Your plumber could be LGBTQ. Your doctor could be LGBTQ. Your teacher could be LGBTQ. Your bestie could be LGBTQ. The African everything it is the new pride it's the era. anthem like, we're playing it every year on june 1st blasting yes. it from the front porch absolutely and i i had seen that before a couple of times which just without the i had only seen the part like towards the end where they're in front of the the flag but mm -hmm. i've seen that many times and i i feel seen i, I, I really know. Really like it. <laughs> Angel Maxine, you did that. Yes. Yes. So we will put a link to um her GoFundMe also in the uh in the show notes in case you want to go and support mm -hmm. some uh Ghanaian LGBTQ plus activism. And please yes. do. <laughs> Shout out to her for real. Cause like mm -hmm. the stuff that she was saying at the beginning about like it being dangerous to be out and proud in Ghana from what I hear and mm -hmm. what I see from West Africans on my timeline is very true and despite yeah. like the mm -hmm. year of return and you know them trying to welcome African Americans or folks from across the diaspora like it's they're not really accepting of uh of queer folks and yeah. so I appreciate you bringing it up because it's someplace you know where we can have a voice and support our our siblings in Ghana. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> Speaking of Black queer excellence, yes. uh, my pure Black joy is um, the wonderful, talented, rapping his butt off uh saucy santana oh yeah um, <laughs> <yes>. material girl <laughs> yes is, i love me some saucy santana and i want to say congrats to him i mean on number one just on being like out here and having mm -hmm. hits and like making like some of the songs are like such club bangers right now. <laughs> like even people who are like, yo, I can't deny that like I have to play this in like when the party goes up and all that, like people, people want to hear it. And being dark skin and gay and femme, like at that, like overtly femme gay mm -hmm. man is just uh, uh as well. And like bigger bodied <laughs> as well, like thick, like I'm living, I'm living, but congrats to him specifically for um, being on the most recent cover of Teen Vogue. Oh, yes. I didn't know that. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. I think it just came out like yesterday or something, like the cover photos and looks absolutely fabulous. Like Aww. just, <laughs> yes, looking like the city girl he is and like his <laughs> little, little mini skirt and all this and the shades. And from what I've seen just seems to be a delightful human being as well. Like, so 
congrats to saucy santana making my black queer heart very happy mm-hmm. this pride month yes fabulous fabulous uh no shout out by the way to bet um mm. justice for little nas x because mm. that was trash but yeah. and for pose we forget that's i forget trash absolute trash mm. anyway <laughs> <laughs> but enough about that enough bad things <laughs> Um, what a beautiful show this was. Mm-hmm. Oh, I feel so happy now. <laughs> that was exactly what I needed. There's some fun things happening out in the ether. <laughs> Absolutely. In this world oh, yeah. in general. And so to be able to end this hour with a smile, I thank both of you. That's so, this has been so fun. Um, so oh. everyone check out the show notes. Uh, make sure you get your tickets for Sound Mind, um, One Voice Mixed Chorus. Um, once again, thank you to Jane and Kamani for being with us. Yes. Snaps. Thank you. Um, oh, and we will not have a show between now and Juneteenth. So happy Juneteenth to everyone. Happy out there. Juneteenth. Happy Juneteenth. Happy Juneteenth. Don't Juneteenth fish, please. <laughs> <laughs> but please do um, write us a review, give us five stars, um, subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Um, and tell all your friends about us and uh, write to us the score at mnopera.org we we want to hear from you Um, but other than that any words of wisdom anybody don't spend all your your quinta money on pride drinks (laughs) (laughs) we shall see we shall see we shall see everybody stay safe out there um, and have a happy pride. Enjoy. Happy Yay. pride. All right, we'll see you next time. <laughs>